All right, everyone. Welcome to the very first show of Culture Calls, dialing into the future. In our very first show, we are joined with Marco Silva. He is the AI ambassador at Microsoft, and he's also a cloud solutions architect, and he's also the podcast host. Thank you, uh, Sumat, for 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 this invitation. And hi, everyone. Uh, the podcast name is Building the Future Building AI the future. Portugal Podcast. It's the only AI focused podcast still in Portugal uh, and it's uh, Building the Future is a, 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 the brand that we have in Portugal for uh, the annual event around technology so it's associated with that that's, event. That's amazing and Marco Silva is also an invited professor at the Lisbon School of Economics and Management so uh, so glad to have you on our very first show Marco it's really an honor. So uh, maybe could you just start off with a bit of introduction about yourself, what you do at Microsoft and uh, what exactly is your particular role in the in the job of being an AI ambassador? Oh, sure, 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 for sure. So um, I have two roles in Microsoft, the, the, the cloud solution architect and the AI ambassador. As an AI ambassador, um, most of my work or, or my responsibility is to, to help companies, communities, people um, adopt AI uh, in, a, in a sustainable manner, let's say. So basically, uh, things like what I'm doing here in, in, your, in your podcast, talking about AI and talking about how to go through the transformation that you need to go through to, to adopt uh, th these types of technologies. I also try, try to do uh, a lot of communities and uh, online uh, answering, uh, having uh, talks, uh, public public talks at events. Uh, so th this is a little bit of what the ambassador role is for, for different technologies. I'm the AI ambassador, so I, I try to do this focused on cognitive services, uh, even even in, in, in office and uh, the, the all the technology that we have what I, what I normally like to call embedded AI. So things that you're using right. AI, but you you really don't, you're not aware that there's AI uh, behind it and you don't, don't need to be. And and I do a lot of things around developers and the developer community to try to empower them also to, to embed those uh, technologies, that AI into the way that they build their applications. So this is basically a little bit of what the ambassador role is. Uh, and as a, a cloud solution architect, what I do is uh, I help customers in the digital transformation to adopt cloud. So uh, I've, I've been a, a developer uh, for a long, long time. I've been doing uh, mostly in telco industry. Uh, here in Portugal, we have a, um, we had a company called uh, Portugal Telecom. Now Altis Portugal is, was bought by, by Altis, but um, um, the company still exists and has the product called Mail. Basically, their IPTV, the first IPTV in Portugal, was uh, was built by, by their company. I was part of the Microsoft team that built that uh, product, built, brought the IPTV uh, and, and built the OTT platform on top of, uh, of, oh, of that uh, product in 2008. So I was developing on media for a long time. And this, this was mostly my, my, my area of expertise, Silverlight, uh, that 
it's now a dead product from Microsoft, was uh, do, doing those types of development back at 2008, 2009, 2010. And I, I grew from, from the developer role to the, to the lead developer uh, and, and then solution architect, enterprise architect, digital advisor. And now I, I moved away from the consultancy part. And now I'm part of a, a, an area in Microsoft called customer success unit. And the customer success unit has the, the, the CSA team, the cloud solution architects team that now I'm part of uh, and very happy to because now I'm only focused on cloud uh, and architecting solutions uh, for cloud, modern applications for cloud, like Kubernetes, uh, and, and also um, having those those type of discussions with customers, how to split their, their, their monolithic applications into a, a, a microservices architecture. <laughs> terms of uh, the, 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 the total cost of acquisition, so basically the, 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 the TCO for uh, their on-prem versus cloud and help them build an architecture that's sustainable on the cloud, that sustains their business, maybe saves them money, but it but becomes more agile, becomes more adapted to the ever-changing market that we are in now. So that's that's mo most of the, the work of the CSA. And, and as a uh, top team that I'm very happy to be part of. So it's, it's been a very cool journey. That is, that is totally amazing. And I happen to also listen to your podcast. The podcast was really good, especially, I mean, I don't understand Portuguese, but the English episodes that I could hear Thank you. were really, really good. Uh, and you. I highly suggest everyone who's listening to this one, please go out and check out the Building the Future podcast. It's on Anchor as well. Um, so I, I think we can just uh, divulge a bit into the topic of artificial intelligence, right? So you've been uh, working with artificial intelligence for a long time. You understand how cloud computing works and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? So we, we're already seeing a lot of implications of what artificial intelligence is being done to the world right now, especially now with the pandemic and all. So mm -hmm. a, a lot of companies are now into digital transformation. So they want to have a digital presence. and. What do you think is the role that artificial intelligence plays in such an environment? Okay, so uh, it, there's uh, there, there's two dimensions to that question. This is very very good. The first one is, uh, and I, I like to to relate to the industrial revolution, uh, because uh, before the industrial revolution, the we had products being built. Uh, in the traditional manual way, and then came the industrial revolution, and this, that doesn't mean that you, you don't keep building things by hand. Um, say you want a Ferrari, you pay a premium and you get a Ferrari. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the Ferrari will be built entirely by hand. You, you, if, if you see, if you see the, the, the advertisement, it says it's, the Ferrari is all built by hand. This is why it takes so long and it's a premium product. But they, they, don't, they don't screw the, the screws by hand. It's they, they have machines to do that that didn't exist before. And there's some level of uh, revolution that happened in, in the industrial revolution for the different business. They needed to learn how to adapt that into the, 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 the business and the, the product that they want to, to build. But they were all touched by industrial revolution. The, even the ones that exist today have gone through the industrial revolution. If they didn't, they disappeared. In between the, the, the right. pre-industrial revolution and the post-industrial revolution. For businesses today, uh, the, 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 the fifth revolution, the, the, the digital transformation part, one of the bits that they need to learn how to adapt, how to adopt into the, their, their own uh, product, uh, uh, work, life, uh, 
for, for their employees, how, how to adopt that into the company is AI. So AI is as important today uh, to, to be a business in the future as it, uh, it would be if you think about the industrial revolution uh, at that time and you were deciding if you want to go into that thing that those industries are talking about and having machinery in your, in, in your, and invest in, in changing the way you build your, your products. This was as, today is as important as it was there. Uh, so if there, for me, the normal I say this to my customers is there's only two types of, uh, of companies today. The ones that are still trying to figure out how to adopt AI in, into the, 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 the work that they do and the ones that uh, already have done this and now are, 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 are trying to maximize their investments. But there's only two types of companies. The third type is the one that will disappear because uh, uh, AI isn't something that maybe is going to work. It, it's already working. It's already proven a proven technology so you need you need to figure out there's parts of ai that are like like anything in life right uh, there's parts that are still being developed there's a lot of new things still in the field to be done but uh, uh, at the beginning for a couple of years ago I, I would separate machine learning from ai today i uh, i still don't believe that they are the same thing but i uh, uh, in in the public when public speaking or when when talking with customers i i try to mesh the two together it's all ai <laughs> uh, because it's easier but it's not but uh, in my opinion because ai is the things that are really more ahead than than uh, um, machine learning but for instance machine learning is completely proven as something that works uh, mm. but there's i think too much of a promise for companies that are trying to adopt this. And uh, this, the high impact that this can have is uh, there's a lot of manual processes that you already have data on that could not be done by your team. You can save money on that. You can really help your customers, things like uh, understand predictive maintenance, things like understanding that something will fail in your, in your uh, factory, or if, if, if you're in an in, in industrial uh, um, line of work in the industry, or if you're doing customer services, so like understanding that your internet router is gonna fail uh, in your customer and try to adapt your service and, and, and uh, basically reboot that or, 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 or get something that would not impact the end service for your customer and that will give you a, a, a customer satisfaction rating that would go through the roof and it would impo be impossible to be one-on-one -on -one with every customer, right? So th those types of things change the, the landscape. There's basically you wouldn't be able to do if you you wouldn't go through this revolution and i think there's a lot of these cases out there that companies can leverage ai and i'm really happy uh, to to be the one that sometimes points out these type of things for customers and they're like oh okay i can save money on this oh i i never thought that i could bring my customer satisfaction up so high uh, just by implementing this this new tool into my process. Uh, and this is good for developers as well. Just just recently, we launched something that still a little bit early, uh, but I'm so excited to see it's in, in, in GitHub. Um, we, we, we generate code using uh, using AI. So basically, you explain oh. what your program, what what the program that you want to build is, and you will and start coding a little bit, like the the the, the description of the um, the function. It will just 
try to understand your natural language and build a bit of code uh, for you and, and explain that there as code and you can it's 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 not doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect but at least it generates the the the, the skeleton that you want to build and it's just adapted a little bit yeah, it's a completely different way for programming you know <laughs> uh, I, yeah i mean i totally agree to that and also the, i totally agree to the part where you said about machine learning and how the implications that it already has on ai i think there's one more point that we can truly add is that coming with ai also comes big data so uh, the power that AI can actually do is that it can analyze data that probably a human can't, right? So I think bringing in artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, really cancels out the, the factor of human error as well. So uh, I think that's also a perfect point which I actually told about how machine learning is actually, maybe it's not something that's picking, it's picking up right now, but truly down the line that is something that will help out a lot. So uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree to that. I also wanted to speak to you about what do you think is the future of AI? I mean, we already spoke about the implications that it's having right now, right? So we spoke about how machine learning is happening, how AI is being picked up due to digital transformation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when we see this about 10 years down the line, maybe in 2030, maybe 2040, we already see artificial intelligence picking up a great role now. But what do you think is the role that it will play 10 years from now, from 20 years from now? Do you think it will play a much bigger role than it's already doing now? Or what is your opinion on that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I loved your point around around machine learning. I just wanted to add one thing that uh, popped out in my head when you were saying it's it's more than just the 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 preventing human error. It's also a way for us as humans to think mm. about the decisions that we do. Because when we're yeah, doing something in an automated way or using machine learning to to automate that, you question the output more than you would if you would put someone uh, and you delegate that responsibility to a couple of humans that would do decisions differently individually because we're all different. Uh, but right. when you're doing this in AI, it, it, it gets the conversation around what's right and what's wrong, uh, what should be done. Is this allowed for, for, for a machine to do this decision? Is this ethical? And it brings up a lot of ethical responsibility and other discussions to the table that exists but we don't discuss it because we're trusting the ethical for the ethicness from the human behavior and because there's a human factor in um and this is also something that i'm very very much interested in seeing more and what comes out of this all of these discussions in inside the revolution that needs to happen in business um to to the point that you're saying in the future i think we're still growing um and we're i think it's it's a funny part of the curve so it's it's an exponential curve in terms of adoption in my opinion so we're we're not on the flat part of the exponential starting go through the flat to the to the uh well, the, the truly uh, exponential part that, uh, that you're going to see more and more every, every, in your everyday lives, AI. The truth, the truth is, we've been using machine learning for a fair decade, more than a decade. We've, for instance, in email, we're, we totally trust our spam filter, okay? We, 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 most of us don't even go to the spam folder. We know that in terms of classification, there's a, a lot of things, uh, there's a, a very low 
failure rate in, in some types of technology that we, we trust. But we don't call it AI. We don't call our spam filter AI. We don't call uh, things like uh, the, tra the, the automatic transcription that you get in meetings. Uh, AI, maybe maybe those we call we call it some type of AI, but we don't see it as AI. We see it as part of the app. So I think the future of AI is becoming more and more embedded in our lives. Uh, yes. our, our mobile phone has huge amount of AI uh, in, in everything that it does. We we have personal assistants. For instance, I I, I drive my car uh, and I I, I, I stop using. Uh, any um, manual commands for anything. I don't dial anyone I want to call them. I just push the button and say, call uh, call my mother or call my brother or whatever. And it, it just understands that. Even even these layers of abstraction, there's this, I can say something like, call my mother. And I have my contact for my mother, classified as mother. That means he understands that concept. It's not, it's not called her name. It's not called this abstract concept of a mother or a brother um, or a wife or something like that you can classify your context like this and this this and, and this already exists because social media already has these types of, of connections so what i see in the future is all of these things getting more embedded and more interconnected so as you connect your your social media with uh, other aspects and you, you get more data about your let's say your multiverse of uh, of metadata and all that metadata will be fuel for the future of ai and i can imagine things like you you, you sitting in your car and you get notifications of uh, uh okay you're you're you you need to have this meeting uh in um say 20 minutes but you you won't get home or you won't get to the meeting in 20 minutes so i'm setting up a virtual meeting so that you can connect uh, and I'll connect you 10 minutes uh, beforehand. I'll do everything for you because these types of things, no one wants to do them. You don't want to. You want to have your live your life uh, and have technology solve the things that you mm. don't want to, to bother your mind with. I don't want to be bothered that. Uh, traffic is is a mess and i'm going to be late for the meeting i don't want to be late to the meeting i want someone to solve me this so these right. type of problems will disappear in the future i think in 20 years from now we, we won't be uh, even thinking about this like we we don't think about a lot of things today that uh, 20 years ago was part of our day by day concerns uh, so i i think it the, the change there is going to be more integrated more uh, in inside your life and just solving the problems without you even even noticing and, and even even thinking about them anymore. So it's going to be, I yeah, think it's going to be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I truly want to be cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, I think I'm taking a full pivot right now. I just want to speak uh, something more on the lines of um, the implications that artificial intelligence is already having, right? Okay. So uh, I think it's more, I mean, I would like to speak more on the kind of implication that it's having an organizational culture, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, as, as you know, I'm working here at Culturalytics as a podcast host. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so Culturalytics, basically what we do is we assess culture using the power of AI. So we use data science, we use a lot of behavioral mm -hmm. sciences, uh, and we assess culture that most probably culture is having a financial impact on the organization itself, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and being an AI for understanding in culturalytics and what AI has actually been doing for many products in the world, uh, I'd like to speak about 
what do you think are the other implications that people are missing out right now on mm-hmm. artificial intelligence? What sectors do you think can actually use uh, artificial intelligence to leverage whatever is happening right now? So, so in, t- in terms of culture, for sure, uh, basically, uh, and I, I think, again, machine learning is mature enough for, for a, a deep understanding of what's happening inside your company. Are your custom, uh, your employees happy? What's the happening index? So there's a lot of KPIs that wouldn't be possible to measure that today are because uh, you collect a lot of data. And, and uh, um, today, today in the pandemic uh, world where we're all remote, even more data, but there was already data before if you, if, you, right. if you really wanted to uh but uh today even more you, you really understand work-life balance you really understand um commitment and uh, other areas that you need to go through a form uh, and have a have a questionnaire annual questionnaire to understand what's your productivity index and stuff like that in terms of uh, happiness and and other metrics but uh Today, AI can help you, can really help. It can help process things like uh, all of your emails in an anonymous way, in a safe way for the employee. Because uh, when questioned, people wouldn't wouldn't want their emails to be processed by their manager because they, they would feel that that's a violation of their, their, their privacy. But if you build technology that is private, that is safe, that means you could process everybody's email and you could get a, a notification for your manager saying things like, you need to work on this, this and that. But it doesn't need to say, uh, oh, you need to talk with Marco because he's unhappy, he's going to leave for, for another company. It, it says you, you may need to work on things like uh, the way that you communicate with your, 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 your team because there's some insatisfaction on the, the clarity that you're having in terms of mission. And this could impact the, the someone leaving. But you, you don't know who, you don't know anything. And you can build this type of things that would change the way the culture is done in companies. And I do believe that especially in technology companies that get a lot of people coming in there's a lot of change there's a lot of opportunities in the market especially in the global world uh, they will be probably the first to adopt this type of technology i I see hr departments in the future being a completely data-driven ai powered uh, department inside any any of the companies especially in tech companies because i think that it's going to be easier for them to adopt but i see this going through every industry uh, and i believe that ai in this sense is is, is giving back to to the world a, a, a lot of value and, and and a lot of more quality to 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 the workforce i think right right that, that's a great point and uh, also i think uh, the point where uh, how organizational culture is primarily influenced by leadership right so mm-hmm. i think that's something that we've already seen and considering even big companies like Microsoft mm-hmm. and all the big Fortune 500 companies that do use and leverage a lot on culture, uh, I think it's also primarily influenced by leadership a lot. And mm-hmm. I think AI in the hands of good leaders will also make them understand what exactly they're imparting to uh, their inner circle as well. So mm-hmm. uh, do, you, do you already see the implications of this right now? I mean, you did spoke, uh, speak right now about how it's already happening. But mm-hmm. do you think even right now, as you work in Microsoft, do you think there's already implications of what's happening, how AI is, how leaders are using AI uh, to leverage on uh, their, their circles that they control? And do you think they're able to get data-driven insights on whatever is happening with that? 
for sure for sure um, microsoft uh, in particular we have been working on ai for for, for a long time and we, we even have internal ethics boards and uh, to to how to we should or shouldn't be using uh, ai uh, in our products we we consume everything that we produce this is this is the type of company that i i i, I love to work especially because of uh, for many reasons but microsoft in, in particular we we are our own customers for for our own products we use our own cloud we use our own office we right. we have our teams meetings and we will work remotely for for a long time using using our own products so uh etc etc this this would be uh, we program using our own products we test using our own products so this, this type of implication so how we we are giving out to the public uh the the things that we call products we also are our own we eat your we eat our own dog food you know it's uh, we produce this but we we need to think how we're building it and leverage it so uh, it's it's a type of leadership example in my opinion that's not every company does but if if we do uh, if you do it's uh, it's very strong it's lead by example so we exactly. we want we go to customers when we tell our own story and say okay we we should you sh maybe you should be doing this we already did it this is how we how we did it and this is the the gains that that we got out of it so this this comes from top down you know it's leaders that think like this that was okay i'm not going to sell something to a customer that i'm not I'm, I'm not building i'm not uh, i'm not comfortable to to use so we need we need to do this before and then go go out to the world and and and, and sell this and, and and convince others uh to be like us to to, con to go through this path because we already did it and it's safe uh especially in terms of ai i think it's even stronger so there's a lot of fear in uh, for many companies uh and so, sometimes some hypocrisy I, I, I must say but uh because we're using ai but we'd say that's not safe but we we have some of the people that are talking about ai have companies that are focused on ai but uh they they're very fearful of the impact that it has I, i'm not i'm not afraid I, I i do believe that leaders shouldn't be afraid to use ai they should be conscious because like any anything uh, can be misused, and we, we don't talk about other. A car can be misused as as a, as something that could could spread terror, even if you if you want. It could be a weapon, but we're not talking about weaponizing cars. In terms of AI, the breach is far greater than one car. I agree, uh, but we need to be only again. We only need to be conscious of how we use it and leaders should take the most out of it because this tool can change the way that companies work the way that the, their employees see work and it can be safe uh, if they're conscious about this and uh, lead by example used it on themselves the full company yeah for sure it's going to be revolutionary for, for for their company yeah truly uh, and yeah, I mean, I do agree on uh, the diverse views that a lot of people are having right now on artificial intelligence, exactly as you told some people are like, this is not going to change the world, this is going to destroy the world. But then there's also the group of people who believe that this is going to revolutionize the world. Um, so I just want to ask you, so now we know that there is a lot of careers that are going to spring out primarily because of, because of artificial mm -hmm. intelligence. And we're already seeing this. So there's so many roles primarily for artificial intelligence, for machine learning, for big data. So what do you think if, say for someone, a 20-year-old or a 21-year-old who wants to pursue 
that's going to be grow and uh, i think we still it's, it's very much still a, an engineering uh, type uh, yeah. of uh, field i think or a little bit of computer science uh, and um, a little bit of engineering i think it's a little bit of the both data engineers are very common now it's we, we've mm. been doing reporting for a long time they've been involving some of them are, are bridging to the the data science uh, type of role um so i think this that's i would say the natural flow if if, if you would if, if you're a data engineer today or computer engineer or, or a computer um, or a computer scientist you could fairly easily do the jump to to the science and ai engineering um and i i do believe that these are the two roles that exist today either you're an ai engineer you're building uh, uh, ai as a tool uh, or you're a data science and you're exploring data using machine learning using ai to to predict and to build models that are uh, well have a purpose in terms of either you're trying to predict the failure of something but th those are the two main roles i think in the future you're going to see a lot more of uh, ai engineers becoming maybe something else i i, I don't know the term that's going to we're, we're all very creative in terms of job yeah. descriptions <laughs> and stuff like that in the future so i'm, I'm not going to predict who's going to be the, the the term but uh we're we're building new tools that are more automated and are more um low code low, low code type uh, in terms of what ai can do um, for instance in, in microsoft we we're building um, ai as an api uh, for for many things you want to do computer science you want to do uh, computer vision sorry you want to do uh, um, automatic transcription there's an api for that and we're building those models in such a way that generic uh, and you could use it inside your product and it's like another microservice that you would have uh like any other thing you you have billing you have uh, uh other thing you have logging and you have uh, transcription there so in, in those sense it's uh it's very strong and it's uh very easy for uh, engineers in the future to to have uh, a role in that and if you would come into the world today i would probably say if, if it's exactly today go into engineering or go into that uh, computer science and then you would jump into this world fairly easy it's it's a it's a, it's a very low jump uh if you're in uh, another area say you're in management or you're in um, or, or you're even if you're in the different areas like you're in biology or uh, something that's not tech non-tech if you're in medicine you'll probably want to jump into a, a postgraduate that would give you a little bit of the, this background in engineering or in, or in data science and then jump into this world because i do believe that um, one of the big revolutions that need to happen in the next five years or ten years is all of those other areas that are non-engineering non-computer science uh, but have all the business knowledge of the world that they want like say biology but ai will have a huge impact in biology a huge impact in medicine a huge impact in management uh in psychology and uh whatever area it will have an impact on that but it's going to take a little bit more time because those experts are still uh 
well not tech savvy and the guys that are tech savvy don't are not industry savvy to the point that they can build the models that they need to revolutionize that area so i do believe that it's going to be the other way around those guys will have the skills uh, the technical skills to leverage that's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> that's amazing so uh, i mean i'm already getting an indication right now that we're uh, running a bit late on time so uh, i mean I, i if there's one thing that you truly want uh, our listeners to go away and learn more about from this podcast what do you think is the one thing that you would give away in this hopefully i i i get them a little bit excited about what's coming next what's uh, what's going to what their impact because probably your listeners will not be uh, tech savvy in, in in ai and are thinking okay maybe this is not for me hopefully uh, by the end of this this episode they will feel that okay maybe maybe i can do this because you can because there's right. there's different layers there's not only the uh, building robots uh, type uh, <laughs> and androids type uh, uh, ai there's a lot of a lot of gray area in between and uh, they have they have a place in this definition today they are empowered and almost like a call to arms to everybody that uh, has expertise in their business to try to figure out how ai could 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 help and change that business because if they do they what we're talking today in here in 10 years will happen in two probably if if everybody would pitch in and and have their insights their knowledge to help ai and and all the tech people uh, to really put ai to to work on on their business i think hopefully they, they they're not so afraid <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing uh marco silva everybody thank you so much for joining us marco uh everybody please go out and check out the podcast building the future it's there on spotify and anchor and every possible website that you can find uh, thank you so much and uh, we will join you again sometime later